overlooked pop culture. You are listening to the next report. And welcome to episode 42 of the next report the meaning of life, the yes. universe, and everything. I'm Thomas. And I'm Stephen Tompkins. Well, we're not we're not going to be talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy today. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but if you want to share with us your what all what forty two means to you, feel free to do so. Uh, one of the interesting things in life is sometimes the way we pass the time. And one of the things that we do is watch organized sports events, things like that. One of the interesting ones right now is the Olympic Games in Russia, Sochi to be precise. And it's kind of interesting at the moment because we're seeing all kinds of things come out of it, whether it's you know political discussions and arguments, all the way to the technology used to basically access up-to-date information on what's going on at the event and everything else. Have you seen any part of the Sochi Games at all, or no? Um, well, no, I actually haven't followed the Olympics. I've never been that big of a fan of the Olympics, but um, uh, from what I've heard from this this article that I'm looking at, is there's some pretty interesting things going on just so people can see everything that's going on with the Olympics. Um, for the for those who don't know, there. I, I've on Facebook. I've seen like a friend of mine saying, "Oh, I, I got a VPN set up. You know, logging into my VPN so I can watch the whole thing and basically not bother with NBC at all, because <laughs> apparently NBC cut out the ceremony, which could have given quite a bit of perspective on what." that country is like, but, well, you can't have that. So apparently that was cut out. Uh, Pravda, which is a Russian-based publication, just to, you know, kind of, you know, put that out there, is, you know, basically there's an op-ed complaining about this. Uh, basically saying that many Americans had to follow this, you know, through live broadcast from Canada or the UK, uh, and NBC has the exclusive rights to broadcast in the US, and that not only show the ceremony with a 10-hour delay, but also cut at all positive moments about Russia out, quote-unquote. So, basically, missing content, and one of the ways to view things that are region-restricted is through a VPN or a proxy server. And this has happened for years and years. So, I, I don't know. This is probably going to be a trend that continues for quite some time until companies realize that region locking is not a good idea. It, well, that's mostly just because it doesn't work. I mean, but if you consider the fact that we as Americans tend to find the easy way out, and uh, I, I, uh, I myself 
fall to that even being a developer. I like if I'm doing something with a GUI environment, I'd rather be able to click and drag. I don't want to have to type everything. I mean, right. the understanding of the code's good, but I'm lazy. Americans are lazy, so they're going to find every loophole possible to try and watch something that they want to watch. And considering what NBC has done by cutting out that intro, which had many positive parts that show Russia, which is might be one of the few times it's been positive in the media lately, is pretty bad. And and I'm sure people would have also missed some of the mess ups too, like one that rings apparently not lighting when it should have. <laughs> but that, that's something we'll explore in a bit. But one of, one of the things that I you know noticed with events like this, there's going to be controversy surrounding it. It was then again, there's controversy surrounding practically every Olympic event because uh, when when people don't have certain forms of access, you know, to information and perspective is changed because of that, or remains unchanged. So when all of a sudden, you know, I kept you know seeing things like oh that anti-gay law, and like uh, it's just, generally if there's if if U.S. media is kind of hammering home at something very hard. And a lot of people are following it, and you know, preaching to the choir, so to speak. Then nine times out of ten, there's generally more to the story than than what it appears to be. So, and this isn't to say by any means that Russia is perfect as a country. They've got problems. Their economy is not as strong as other countries' economies. Um, Putin. Putin is kind of a power-hungry type of figure who's going to make himself look good whenever he can. So this isn't to say Russia's perfect either. So one of the things that you know I've I've noticed, you know, I follow all kinds of people, including those who are considered extremists to an extent is the so-called anti-gay law. And that's number 135FC, Propaganda of Non-Traditional Sexual Relationships Among Minors. And a lot of a lot of that stuff is... Looking at the actual law, a lot of stuff is, can be aimed at the LGBT community. It, it's... You know, similar stuff to what happened in the U.S. You know, think of the children, think of the children, that sort of thing. Um, throughout various states, there's certain laws prohibiting certain types of speech regarding minors, um, that sort of thing. Going after that sort of stuff. So, like, what are your thoughts on this? Was, well, um... Like, like when we were uh, conversing earlier before we started this podcast, you mentioned something about the uh, the fact that, okay, the media is pushing this as an anti-gay law, and they're pushing it pretty hard. Right. And considering it's the U.S. media, it's harder than you would even imagine. But I, I, I believe that terminology is probably being misused, and... Um, is being misinterpreted because it's 
as as you said to me, it's more or less a a uh, anti free speech law as compared to an anti gay or whatever law. Because I I see this thing as actually worse than what's being portrayed because. Because when we're talking about, and it's vague, it's vague on purpose. But let's be clear here: it, it's sort of like, sort of like a same reason why a U.S. senator or congressman may may uh, mention, you know, basically able, quote unquote, able-bodied people who are capable of working, you know not needing to be on welfare <laughs> and you know what segment of the population you're referring to, that sort of thing. It's vague on purpose, but just specific enough to know, okay, that's probably one of the aims. Um, is this thing, has this probably been used as justification for people to discriminate? One likely yes. But when when I looked at this a little bit further, I'm like, this is a little bit more complicated than that. Because when you... Um, individual named Brian Heiss um, researched this in order to debunk what so, a few other people have been arguing. And he couldn't. And he came to the conclusion that this was aimed at... This was aimed at show business. At show business primarily, uh, especially from companies that are, you know, not in Russia. And it's the law apparently doesn't use any identifier. It's title on protections of minors from propaganda, non-traditional sexual relations, um, messaging and strategy to bring the ban on propaganda from the law of several regions to national laws as part of larger family values push and it's based on successful anti-same-sex marriage push in the United States. Um, and in Ed perspective, um, it's been sodomy has been legal in Russia since 1993. <laughs> um, whereas, ironically, there's still quite a few states here in the U.S. where it's where it's illegal, and I'm, and personally, I think at some point they're going to be deemed unconstitutional because, in order to find out whether two people are doing something like that, well, you kind of have to violate the U.S. Constitution most of the time in order to do that. Well, isn't that just kind of already going on anyway? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That might be a topic for another time. <laughs> um. And this is basically his little executive summary. And one of the things that they pointed out is that uh, September 20th last year, Russian Federation announced their willingness to um, fulfill all measures required to prevent hate crimes, discrimination on grounds of sexual orientation with the you know, regarding the UN Human Rights Council, so mainly when you're dealing with discrimination, and there's an article on policy like that, you know, tries to explain what this whole law is about as well, 
and mentions, you know, discrimination and everything else, a lot of it's regional and much harsher. And some of the stuff actually was overturned thanks to the United Nations in that regard. So, um, gay sex has been made legal in Russia and and it's either 12 or if the Guardian is correct um, or Washington Post that's why I'm going with numerous states because I don't think they're consistent on the number of states it's illegal in though it's really hard to say because you can go multiple places and uh, I know there at one time I, I'm not sure if it still stands now but uh, Massachusetts had a big problem with I can't, I can't remember if they were trying to pass legislation or there had been legislation passed about gays and lesbians or same sex relations and uh, it's just it, it ended up being a whole big blown-up thing, similar to what's going on right now. And the, the uh, Washington Post article says there's about eight states with um, no uh, promotion of these similar things that are being mentioned in the LGBT laws. Right. So, like, again, it, there's... And according to what Heist found a lot of discrimination, like a lot of really bad stuff's more likely to happen in the U.S. than Russia, which is pretty bad. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And one of the most significant things is scrolling through this document, you find out, okay, what are the fines, and some of the fines can get pretty hefty, especially for um, large corp corporations that are foreign. So, so for example, um, an individual Russian citizen is 2,000, 3,000 rubles, which is 61 to 92 dollars. Russian officials, it's actually higher um, an individual Russian citizen selling the material, it's, it's the same as a Russian official. And legal entities, NGO or corporation, uh, 20,000 to 50,000 rubles, which is $611 to $1,529 per instance. Hmm. And so, in theory, let's say they have they have a public, you know, production of something. It's in a theater. Well, nowadays movies, what happens? You see advertisements in various publications. You see promotion on websites and what have you, and social media. That money can add up very, very quickly, and basically suspended administratively for up to 90 days, which 
could cut into the company's profit in a hurry. Oh, in, yeah. In that market. Um, so, there's he specifies penalties for violations specifically related to non-traditional sexual relations. Um, and then there's penalties when media is utilized to commit previously mentioned violation. So, again, this is more along the lines of anti-free speech. So, say somebody's like, hey, it's okay to be with more than one person. Well, under this law, it can be considered non-traditional sexual relations and get slapped with a fine. So, basically, what what he concludes is that it's it's a little bit more complicated than that, and and one of the reasons why so many media companies are going after Russia for this law is because it can hurt their bottom line. Well, what's funny is that okay, the media has been pushing this, and there there are very very harsh harsh um, uh, fines and so on and so forth for um, outward spoken or uh, promotion of non-traditional sexual relations. It's it's something that's not been uncommon. It's happened before and it's gone on for uh, almost hundreds of years off and on being decriminalized or uh, penalized again and then um, other situations for it's all kinds of different situations happening and they have they also have a similar policy of what the United States military used to have a don't call or don't uh, don't ask don't tell policy right which it, according to Wikipedia it's not official but if if I'm not mistaken, that's the same approach that you, the United States military took on the "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." And and when you're looking at comparison of rights, um, Russian Federation decriminalized this in 1993. U.S. though the Supreme Court uh, overturned a law. Lawrence versus Texas in 2003 saying that homosexuality was a crime. However, however, 12 states still have state laws that criminalize it. Uh, United States military, gay and lesbian service members are still barred from having sex under Article 125 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice which makes it a criminal offense to engage in unnatural carnal copulation with another person of the same or opposite sex or with an animal. <laughs> Even though Don't Ask, Don't Tell apparently was thrown by the wayside. So basically, sodomy is still banned by the military. Uh... And it's it's really funny that that uh, this situation is going on, and like I said earlier, the media is really pushing this. But when you really stand back and take a look at it, we've had similar problems with this in the past, and 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 within the last ten years, we've been having problems with that in the United States. So 
my question would be, why is it that the the United States media and all these big big media corporations, or even the internet, that this is like viral on the internet right now? Why is it that it's being pushed so hard that Russia has done something like this, and it's not even uh, an anti-gay thing? It's more or less an anti-free speech, but at the same time, our 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 nation has done this off and on forever, and it's it's in uh, state laws, state statutes, and everything else for for similar things like um, one I can't remember. I think it was Alabama that says something about uh, no district shall include in its course of study instruction which promotes a homosexual lifestyle, portrays a homosexuality as a positive alternative lifestyle, which is basically promoting it, just like this anti-gay law right. says. It's just, um, it's, it's, and that's why I argue that those who say that, oh, well, we live in such a free country, yet there are other countries that are freer than we are, and like, in some ways, yes, some ways, no. Uh, you can't be fired in Russia for being gay, apparently, here, unless you can on the other hand, it's, it's again, more like don't ask, don't tell. You're not allowed to just basically talk to somebody under 18 about this sort of stuff. So it's... And, and even more interesting, Russia military, you can serve openly in July since July of 2003. Hmm. Uh, since 2011, don't ask them to tell went out the window for the U.S. Now, now here's where it gets interesting. Um, adopt, same-sex couples, can they adopt children together? The Russian Federation, single persons can adopt children regardless of orientation, but only married heterosexual couples can adopt children together as a couple. Unmarried, regardless, cannot legally adopt in Russia. So, so again, not a perfect, unblemished record. Um, and I no doubt some of this stuff, some of the more positive things were implemented just to save political face. And It's, but you can give blood in Russia, um, and everything else. U.S. is a little bit better, depending on the state, regarding marriage. Russia, you cannot get married to somebody of the same sex. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it says the Article 12 of the Family Code which I'm assuming is either another another uh, law or has in some way been tied to this law, de facto states that marriage is a union between uh, of a man and a woman. So in no way is there any same-sex relations there allowed anyway. So, so basically you can, you can be gay, you can have all the sex you want of that variety, but you cannot get married. 
Yep. So it's, and you can't, and what they're trying to do is stop people from basically trying to persuade the public to support the idea of same-sex marriage. So, among other things, uh, because one of the things I've noticed is that you, you, you see, you know, media outlets like RT, which was known as Russia Today for the longest time, before they just shortened it to RT, you know, it worldwide news organization with a pro-Russian bias, which, you know, it's based in Russia, what do you expect? That's like saying no media outlets in the U.S. is biased in favor of the U.S. It's, it's going to be a given. But they would have, you know, criticism, people on criticizing the U.S. for various, what they see as various erroneous policies and everything else, while at the same time not allowing other companies to come in and basically say whatever they want. So I found it very interesting. So by no means am I just, you know, a blind fan of Russia. I honestly think a lot of this stuff is one, a holdover from Russia phobia due to global tensions that are still not quite gone yet. Uh, similar vein to what those who were followers of Islam were facing Islamophobia. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Islamophobia, uh, I believe you had an article uh, of something to do with the hijacking. Well, this guy was fr- um, basically Turkey's state-run agency. Um, says a court in Istanbul basically arrested a Ukrainian man who tried to hijack a turkey-bound flight to Sochi, Russia, as the Winter Olympics were starting. So, um, this guy's name is Artem Kozlov, and he was jailed Sunday. Um, so basically, 9th of February this month. And he... Cl- he, he basically tried to claim he had a bomb, tried to divert Pegasus Airlines flight. But the pilot outsmarted him and landed in Istanbul instead. <laughs> and he was trying to press for at least some anti-government protesters in the Ukraine. So, yeah, basically threatening to blow up the plane and everything. And it looks like Stephen Kelly was right to an extent. Though in this case, they stopped it before it got much fur- further. So, uh, it, it's very, very interesting to see. And and you not only have tensions between the U.S. and Russia, you have um, tensions between Russia and other nearby regions that just... They, are trying to quote unquote fight for their independence, and it's it, it's going to be a big, big mess. Um, but that's not the only mess that we've run into. It's like the bobsledding team from Jamaica. <laughs> now, first of all, it's cool how they got there. Um, it's very interesting. Um, Dogecoin was raised, which was converted to Bitcoin, which was sold for actual money so they could travel 
there. And apparently, you know, their luggage nearly got lost. They recovered it and everything else. And according to that article, it's pointing to other problems that have arised, um, such as uh, a U.S. bobsledder having smashed through a bathroom door because he got locked in the bathroom, <laughs> to, to all kinds of weird things such as people nearly falling down elevator shafts. <laughs> Um, and I, I just got to know how. How do you, first? What happened to get him trapped in the bathroom, and then how would you fall down the elevator shaft? <laughs> do you not like it? I'm assuming there would be doors that would close unless they were already open, and then you're just like walking along, and then I don't know. It's, it's like just... a cartoon trap, and you're just like <laughs> well, right down into the hole. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. And this, and it, with Olympics getting bigger and bigger, you know, you know, clearly there's going to be problems arising from it. Um, at, you know, at least we haven't heard any instances of people being told, "Hey, flip the switch before you turn the water on for a shower, or you're going to get electrocuted." And it's just like, <laughs> and of course, it's come, you know, comes with. A bunch of trolling and everything else with, you know, fake photos or photos that were not actually from Sochi, which Paleo Future on Gizmodo has has that. A um, couple of them, couple of them are mainly from the UK, and no, no, there's, it's not likely there's there's seats for audience to judge or prove <laughs> I, that that is one of the first ones that I looked at when I opened up the article because I opened up the article and just started to slow down, scroll down as I and as I noticed was three seats sitting facing a what looks like a handicap equipped toilet. Just, just and then oh. next to that, there's also apparently this half toilet that was supposedly taken in Sochi. But the image is actually not from Sochi. It is from um, some sort of custom-made bathroom. Like I guess it might be um, art project or something. <laughs> but and, and the whole sudden gunfire thing—that <laughs> that's mainly near military facilities, apparently. Warning uh, people that that hear gunshots that they're probably not in danger. Uh, and it's it's not just it's not just in Sochi, it's those those sudden gunfire signs are all over the world around or a similar sign. It, it, like here in the United States if you come across some sort of government property where there's being there's a, a gun range or something, it's it's gonna be obvious. Not only is there a giant fence there, but there's probably gonna be signs saying no trespassing. Right. So if you hear gunshots, you shouldn't really freak out. You should just not go in there. And then there's the whole, you know, dead dog piles. Well, yeah, dogs are being killed there, but the photo that apparently was going viral was, was actually from um, the Ukraine in 2012. So, <laughs> as, 
And all these kind of failures are kind of happening, and it's just making things a little irritating. Um, for, for example, the, the whole ring not lighting up properly being one example. Another example of um, the Twitter feed for Sochi Problems has more followers than the official Sochi tweet ended up tweeting in and of itself. It's just Oh, man. Yeah, the, the the funny part is the, the official Twitter feed has 225,000 followers as compared to the Sochi Problems uh, Twitter feed, which has 342,000 followers, which is roughly like 33% larger. And considering that big of an increase, it's pretty ridiculous. So, like, that's just... It, it's, it's really incredible, and... And I, it, it's just the whole idea of the way that these controversies have come out and everything else. It's just pretty interesting stuff so far. And and I I haven't I haven't read the whole report from Heist, but it did give me some pause for thought and realizing, you know, I should be asking how is media here basically influencing me and then act accordingly because that seems to be what they're afraid of a lot of times. They're afraid that people will be like, yeah, sure. What, they're afraid of your influence? Wait, how are you influencing me? And that sort of thing. Then again, I'm going off on a really huge tangent. Well, um, the, the the media usually will influence the just the average American just because um, uh, there'll be an advertisement or something or an article that gets viral that gets thrown around Facebook just like these pictures that we had mentioned earlier about the uh, half of a toilet and then right. the, the observers for the person who would be on the toilet taking care of their business I mean it's just it it just goes around. It gets out there, and then it gets pushed. And, and, and the point of accidentally slipping that, yeah, cameras are in your hotel rooms. Okay, that part's actually true. <laughs> kind of creepy, but, well, what's to be expected at this point? I, either way, it's not a dull moment in Sochi right now. And, you know, I'm... I'm pretty sure the residents there will be glad when the whole event's over and everything can go back to a semi-normal existence for a while. <laughs> and just as you said, uh, I guess Stephen Kelly was right in his uh, predictions for 2014 and that there would possibly be problems with Sochi, and, well, that's what we've covered today. Well, at the very least, in this case, it's the attempt of an attack was prevented, it was stopped midstream, but yeah, it, it's it remains to be seen what happens next. It's it's gonna be it's not gonna be boring, I can tell you that. And and I think the overall lesson to take away from this is, you know, yeah, I I originally came upon this from an individual named Paul Joseph Watson who whose tone of voice, you know, Certain people from the UK or Great Britain can be a little bit irritating, and people blindly say, 
blindly commenting and coming off as hateful, and I'm like, well, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Um, basically, do, do LGBT people have rights in Russia? Yes and no. It's a little bit more complex than that. Probably the real aim of overturning this propaganda law is so that media companies have more of a foothold and can try to make more profit. So it's that the Washington Post article and the Guardian article, basically what they're saying is, you know, let's be honest with ourselves, or let's just be honest about why this is actually happening. Because, let's face it, the U.S. is allies with those who have much, much harsher restrictions against the LGBT community. Um, some penalties involve lengthy prison sentences, and in some cases you know, even torture and death. So, um... Another thing you also have to keep in mind is that, like like I mentioned earlier, this is not a new thing. It's it's something that's gone on. It, here in the United States, it's gone um, many discussions, many problems, many uh, attempts at legislation and or legislation being passed in multiple states. Right. And it's all across the nation for the last 10, 20 years. Uh, and it's it's ha- it's been happening in Russia for uh, decades. It's uh, there's problems all over the world. And it's kind of a holdover of tensions from the Cold War, as well as as this whole idea that's happened throughout history. You know, a a small empire of sorts is there, and they're trying to prevent the populace from inciting a revolution. Or one way that happens is if they get access to various uh, media that kind of, you know, reshapes their thinking a little bit. And that's probably where some of that fear is coming from as well. I looked at this and realized, wait, this, this law itself, it seems to be more along the lines of just finding a way for the Kremlin to stay in power. And for the, for the, you know, form of government to not drastically change all of that much. So, uh, will things change for the better? Well, only time will tell. But for now, it's true. For now, if you're enjoying the the games, at least use a proxy server or a VPN <laughs> and and screw NBC. Um, You'll get all your content that way instead of going through NBC, and you might get some of the interesting parts. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, anyway, that that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Uh, feel free to leave feedback for this episode. Um, 660-474-0345. Leave a message. You might wind up on the next episode of the podcast. And by the way, this is the last episode that's going to be recorded on Fedora. Um, going to actually think about pushing the magazine back maybe tomorrow at the earliest, though that'd be a miracle in and of itself, or, or um, next week to give other contributors more time to send stuff in. Uh, I haven't decided on that yet. If it's early tomorrow, 
then what will happen is it will be kind of a short issue while working on the next issue. So that's pretty much where we're at right now. So anything you're working on at the moment? Um, nothing particularly. I've got some ideas in my head, but I'm going to let them float around for a little bit. Um, if there's anything that you would like us to try, or maybe if there's any uh, tech news or tech ideas that you want us to do, maybe like given uh, certain requirements and uh, situations, uh, maybe we could do something that you might want to see in the future, like a, a, a hardware review or uh, high-end gaming machine review or a, a PS4 review or right. whatever you might like to just just comment, uh, get a hold of us on Google+, Facebook. Um, we're out there. so and, and we're also on Tumblr as well. I had to throw that out there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all three of us should be back next week, and uh, we'll talk to you later. As he would say... Bye See bye. ya. <laughs>